Welcome to Because I Want to Know, the podcast where we get into people's heads and find out how their choices in life has affected them. My name is Leslie Fear. I'm your host. So let's get into it, shall we? Hey, everyone. Today, I'm joined with Teresa Abram. She's a handwriting analyst. She has her own podcast named A Most Unusual Tea Party. She also owns her own business, Handwriting PI. Welcome to the show, Teresa. Well, thank you, Leslie. I am so excited to be here with you today. Well, I'm very happy to have you here today because I am very passionate about handwriting specifically. And we had talked before I started recording about them taking actual cursive handwriting out of our school district. By the time both my kids graduated high school, one in 2017, one in 2019, my son basically just Prince, his name. My daughter did kind of carry it on a little bit. They had started at the beginning when they were younger, but then they stopped like I would think around fourth or fifth grade. So she was able to actually, you know, carry it on and she can actually read cursive. My son cannot. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it is crazy. And it's amazing how many people are that way now. Yeah. And I think, like I said, I think they are bringing it back to our district. But let's talk about you and what got you into this. Tell me how you got into handwriting analysis. And because that's kind of a very niche profession. I think there are people who know a little bit about it. They'll dabble in it, uh, and it's just a curiosity. But to actually make it as a profession is definitely unique. Right. Um, And I wish, Leslie, I wish I had a really cool story for how I got into it, but I don't. One of those things where, you know, when I was growing up, it was around me. My mom and dad would talk about it. They'd talk about, you know, your baseline and the slant. And these were just things that were around me. Even as I was learning cursive, I was also learning elements of graphology. Not that I knew it at the time, but that's what it was called. So it was just something that I grew up with. For me to check a baseline is just as natural as saying, you know, please and thank you. Right. And you and I uh, were talking only a few minutes before we started recording. And you have not listened to my podcast and you really don't even know me. Although I did, I know, although I did send you, you asked me for a sample of my handwriting. Let's go ahead and maybe talk about it now, just because it can lead on to the other questions I have once we decide what my actual uh, handwriting tells you about me and maybe what other people's can tell you about their personality. So am I a serial killer? Am I some kind of... You know, I love that because in your sample, after, so the first thing I do whenever I get a handwriting sample, I always just take note of what pops out at me the most. And I'm looking at the graphic movements. I'm looking at, you know, is there a specific stroke that jumps out, the way that you use the page, that kind of stuff. And I don't actually read it for content until the very end. And then I'll go through it and just read it just to see, you know, does everything make sense with what I'm seeing? Right. And uh, in your sample, you actually put, like, I'm really excited for you to tell me what a lunatic I am. But Leslie, you're not a lunatic. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. That's a good thing to know then. Like, I I can't actually tell you that. I'm going to say that you are, in fact, not a lunatic. Everything in your handwriting, the first thing that really struck me is that all three zones of your handwriting are present. Oh, really? And when I'm talking about zones, there's like an upper zone. That's where, you know, your L's and your K's and your personal pronoun I, they go up high. Okay. Your middle zone with your O's and N's and W's and A's. And then, of course, your lower zone is everything that happens below the line, right? The bottoms of your J's, that kind of thing. Okay. And if you look at your handwriting, you have all three present. 
Oh, well, that's good, right? You better believe it. So that is pretty much the opposite of a lunatic as you can possibly get. <laughs> Boy, that's a relief, yeah. you know. It, it's kind of because each one of those represents a certain part of you. Um, it's very much tied into Freud's id, ego, and superego, those three different zones. And so to see all of them present, it really does indicate somebody who, you know, you've obviously done your self-discovery work because those zones, they're all in balance. Wow. You're in balance. You're very present in your day to the life there's no one zone dominating your life oh wow you are whole and complete as you're moving through life wow listen to me i am impressive huh <laughs> you are you have got your writing together girl you've got the zones they're all hanging out together <laughs> well that's good because you know it's probably fairly boring then i'm not this um i'm not a lunatic and i'm not uh anything I, i'm just a whole person going through life and uh, i got it kind of figured out maybe huh yeah and no oh <laughs> i don't think at all I, I don't think that you're boring at all i think that you have done your work i think you do have stories to tell and you've done your work your personal pronoun i is very interesting because it is really beautiful you have every piece of the personal pronoun I that we want to see in an ideal personal pronoun. And of course, that's where you just write, you know, I when you're referring to yourself. Right. You have a base. You start at your baseline and you even have a little bit of a curve there where it's a little bit of an outward reach, which shows that you have a foundation. You're starting from a stable foundation. Oh, good. Okay. An upper loop. You swing around and out to the left and then you come back and you cross it and you finish on the right hand side. That shows me you've done your work in your childhood. You have nothing. You're not carrying any baggage from your past. I think it might be there, but you're not carrying it forward. Yes. And you are ready to move into the future. Yeah, you're right on about that. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. It's it's funny because we can tell when it's unresolved because the personal pronoun I will get mangled. Oh, really? And, okay. And it tells us that there's going to be unresolved childhood issues. Sometimes it's towards the mother. Sometimes it's towards the father. So that personal pronoun I can really indicate where does this person still need to do a little bit of self-work. Okay. Yeah, because I didn't have the best childhood. It, it wasn't, well... It wasn't the best. And I do think if you carry things through and you don't work them out, however you need to do that, whether you go to counseling or whatever you do, the best thing to do is just slough it off. You have to, we, you know, we got to live this life and boy, I don't want to carry any baggage because if you do, I feel like people get sick or they, they give themselves things that they probably, I, I'm honestly wondering if people can actually give themselves cancer because they carry it and they hold it in and they bury it and they don't let it out. And it only gets uglier. It's just kind of like chaining up a dog if you chain up a dog that was the most wonderful dog in the world and you chain it up for a week that dog's going to get mean really fast yes i totally agree with you if you're repressing something it doesn't lead anywhere good because right. eventually it's going to come out and you may not have any control over how it comes out no you're absolutely right so okay so that's me in a nutshell pretty much so it is but you know what before we move on though leslie i re i want to tell you about your lowercase m Oh, okay. Because that honestly was the most striking feature. When I actually looked at it, I'm like, wait a second, this M is really crazy. Oh, no. <laughs> but it, I mean, it's really good, but it tells me so much about who you are. Okay. It, it really clues me into your thinking process and who you are because you have all three. So oftentimes it's the T that's very talkative, and that's what I base my podcast on. But it is your M that is screaming for attention and saying, look at me. Oh, really? Okay. Really? So let's talk about that. Let's do. <laughs> let's do. Now, your M, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but the first hump of your N has like a rounded top 
on the hump. That first hump has a rounded top. Right. Then you come down, and when you go back up, it's pointed. It's like a little mountain top that forms the second hump. Okay. So you, you have one rounded hump, and then you have like a pointed mountain top for the second one. And quite often, all of the lines are separate. You don't retrace any part of the M. So sometimes when people do that first hump and they come down, and then they'll go back up on the same line and form the second one, you don't. No, I don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you have three very distinctive traits in one little letter. Really? Okay. All right. Are you curious? I No, no. I, 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 that's why I'm being very quiet because I'm like, okay, I may not be a lunatic, but there might be something wrong with me. And that's okay because you know what? I think there is something wrong with me. And we all know that. That's why everybody loves my podcast because there is something <laughs> wrong with me. <laughs> so what that really shows me though is how you think. So letter M is very much about how we think and process information. So by having those three distinct traits, I get a really clear idea of who you are. That rounded top, that indicates somebody who's a logical thinker. You're going to gather your facts and you're going to put them together in a very orderly and rational way. Okay. Then you go to that mountaintop for the second one. And that one shows me that you have a mind that loves to explore and seek out the unknown. It's like a little mountaintop for you to conquer. So you love challenges, something new, something you don't know, learning right up your alley. Totally. Seriously, that's truly why I have this podcast. People are like, where did you get the name? And I said, because I really do want to know. I want to get in your head. I want to know what makes you do what you do. I want to know why you do what you do. I want to know how you got there. That's awesome. Yeah. And now you can say because of how I write my M. Because, yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> look yeah. Look at my M and you have all the answers you need right here. Yeah, just look at my M's and it'll tell you everything. So, and then, of course, I had mentioned also that you have them all very individual and distinct. And that just that shows me that you are someone who is very deliberate. And you're not necessarily going to be quick to action or you're not going to make a rash decision. So, certainly, Leslie, if you were in my circle of friends, you'd be on my speed up. Or if I hit a dead end or felt like I didn't have any options, I'd be calling you up and saying, let's look at this and get this figured out. Oh, really? Okay. Wow. That makes me feel good that you would want my opinion. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because you have all of the elements there. You, you're going to look at it logically, rationally, orderly, and you're also going to be creative and exploratory going into the unknown, which what a great combination that you have it all in one person. Why, thank you. Yay. <laughs> That's mm -hmm. awesome. You're welcome. Now, you wanted my signature as well. You don't know this about me. I'm also a writer and just finished my eighth paranormal romance novel. And I don't know if you needed to know that for my signature because it has changed over the years because, you know, I have signings and I have to sign my name and it has changed. And I know because I have to sign a lot of books at my signings, I know that my, my actual signature has changed because of that. I've gotten a little lazy on my last name just because... <laughs> The R's to me that are at the end, I don't know why. It was just, that's too much work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no problem. So, yeah, what a signature represents for anybody is our public persona. It's how we want to be perceived in public. Okay. Not necessarily representative of who we are truly at our core, but it is who we want to be in public. So it makes sense that if your signature has changed as you have become more and more known and you're signing books to people that you don't know, right? it's going to change and adopt a certain personality of its own, the one that you want to appear in public. Right. Okay. Okay. So most people will have a signature, especially like if you look at an Oprah or Barack Obama, they have very distinctive signatures that are clearly designed as a public persona of how they want to be perceived, but not necessarily reflective of who they are in private. 
Okay, I see. All right. Okay. Now, your signature is you have these lovely, beautiful, really large L, which starts off your first name. The Leslie there is really big, loopy, and large. Right. And that is a signature that, you know, that letter right there tells me you are not a wallflower. You want to be noticed. When you're out in public, if you're at a book signing, you're going to be like, come on, people, come notice me. I'm over here. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. <laughs> that and I give them money and yeah, and give them candy and you know they're happy then exactly <laughs> <laughs> right but you're comfortable with attention you're, you're okay taking center stage well yeah, yeah I kind of I mean I, I am when I need to be but I pull back because I'm so private otherwise is that the funniest thing I mean I know that doesn't sound right probably according to my signature but you might see that in something else so yeah well remember this is your public persona right okay to how you're showing up in public this is like if it's going to relate to you as a writer and you get your notice and you can be totally prepped you are going to stand out and you're going to own that stage okay gotcha all right totally different than being at a family function and perhaps being asked to give a speech on the spot right okay this is your public persona not your not your private right um although Based on your writing, I mean, you're not going to be totally, you might get a little, you know, flustered, but you'd find your feet pretty quick if you were asked, given on the spot. No, that's very true. No, you're right about that. Uh, God, I can't believe you can get all of this from my handwriting. This is craziness. I'm so intrigued. (laughs) You know, I just... Other thing I wanted to mention about your signature, Leslie, and I'm so glad that you did bring it up, is the way that you do your act. Yes. And it's funny that you're a writer, too, because when I saw that, it reminded me of Ernest Hemingway. Oh, wow. Ernest Hemingway had a, a way of connecting both his first name and his last name. There was a connection between the two, and that's what you have. That F of yours, you actually started over top of your first name, and you circle the I dot. So you've connected both your first name to your last name. There is a connection between the two. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. Yeah, which is, like I said, I saw that and I'm like, hey, that's Ernest Hemingway. He did that kind of thing too. Wow, I, I don't know if I've actually seen his signature. I just never thought of that. So, wow, okay. Yeah. I, I like being compared to him. That's a good thing, right? Right, it is. Well, <laughs> make sure you compare it to before he started going downhill. And well, before, then, well. Then go a little bit haywire. Yeah, so look be- at it before then. Before it becomes <laughs> a lunatic, right? Yeah, before that happens. <laughs> You're not there yet. You're still fine. (laughs) That's good. That's very good. Yeah. And that just shows creativity. It also shows this agile mind where you're like you're thinking one step ahead. You're planning ahead. You're thinking ahead. Again, it comes back to the idea that uh, you're very agile, flexible when you're thinking, reinforcing the idea that if we needed somebody to have a creative solution, you are the lady to talk to. Wow. Okay. Listen to me. I am just so happy with myself right now. I'm patting myself on the back, right? Excellent. And now that I know you're a writer, I'm like, oh, yeah, totally, right? You're going to be using that creativity in your writing. And probably when you get writer's block, you rely on, you know, taking a step back to how can I get out of this? And you have the mental abilities to figure it out for yourself. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, it's funny. Some people have writer's block and I don't really have writer's block. It's more about just I don't want to do it right then. And I just I walk away, come back and then I'm fine again, you know, but there I have friends who write and go months and they just they're just and I honestly, I, I don't even know if it's really should be called writer's block. I think it's just, I'm tired of this project and I need a break block, you know, (laughs) because when you are very, when you're very passionate about a story and it flows through you and it almost writes itself, what has happened to me is I can't wait to get to it. I can't wait to write those words. I cannot wait to get it down on paper or on my computer or wherever I'm writing. And if I find that I'm just like, ugh, I, you know, I just walk away. Okay. So Teresa, 
Now that we know a little bit about me and how you work, which is fantastic, I have to say, I'm very happy with the results of mine because you never know. I, I didn't know what I was going to get with this one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, but I am curious, speaking of people that might be a little crazy, are serial killers or felons, those kinds of signatures, do they have distinctive things in their writing that give away what's going on in their head? I mean, you pretty much got me figured out really quickly. So I, I'm assuming yes, but I'd like for you to tell me. Yeah, so certainly serial killers and felons have distinctive writing features. Okay. Um, graphology itself, which is the study of handwriting, is the study of human behavior as it manifests in written communication. So when we're looking at it, we can't predict what somebody is going to do. Like I couldn't look at a piece of writing and say, oh yes, this person is definitely going to kill somebody or going to definitely end up in jail. Right. I can look at it and say, there's signs here of dishonesty. There's signs here where there's self-deceit going on. Mm -hmm. There's signs here where maybe they've done something that they feel really guilty and it may cause a problem. Oh, gotcha. Okay. And there are certain, you know, there are red flags, and that's what we call them, it's red flags. So if we're doing something for, if we're doing like relationships where you're looking to see are, are two people compatible, like if you're starting to date somebody, um, you can do a handwriting analysis just to get an idea. Are there any red flags? What might be a friction point if you, you're dating this person? Right. Employers, when they're looking for new employees, right, this is where there's red flags that you can look for to say, mm, this person may not be as above board as you might like. Oh, wow. And see, that's really handy for yeah. new employers or people that maybe you want in your life or, gosh, even people that are in the CIA or FBI or whatever, you know, you're hiring someone for that or, or even hiring someone to work at an airport that may have really bad intentions because that's happened before you know that's the thing like somebody can say anything right but it's a matter of is that true is a whole nother ball game it's almost like a lie detector isn't it it can be and there are some graphologists who are amazing at it they could spot a lie from a mile away they can tell it's just they have that second sense for being able to spot it wow okay um, it's something that i'm still in the practicing stage of that i'm getting better i'm about 60 percent. i can usually tell where there's funny business going on but i don't always get the lie gotcha okay okay but you can pretty much tell if there's deceit if there's some kind of red flag, that kind of thing. But yeah. what about like, what about like cursive versus print? I mean, can you tell that as well in someone? Is it the same kind of lines? Mm -hmm. So yes, we can still tell a lot about a person. We can still see red flags when people are printing. Mm. Okay, some of all the right. Red flags are very distinctive. Um, everybody has a certain slant. Like when you look at your handwriting sample, it's very consistent. You have a slightly right, rightward leaning slant. And it's very consistent all the way through. Again, showing somebody who's very stable. If you see somebody whose slant is going left and right and left and right and vertical and all over the place, especially if you suddenly see a D that like flops over, wow, you okay, know you have somebody who is emotionally volatile. And whether they're writing it or printing it, it still stays the same. Oh, really? Okay. A person who is emotionally volatile. Okay. And then you also, your podcast is based on the letter T and the deception of, in the handwriting when you make the letter T. Tell me about that. Yeah. So my podcast, we do, uh, it is based on the letter T because it is usually one of the most talkative letters that a person can possibly write. There are over 450 different ways to write your T. Wow. And subconsciously, there's a whole pile of decisions we're making 
uh, where we lift our pen up. Do we do an upstroke and a downstroke? Just downstroke. And then do we lift our pen up to make the horizontal stroke? Do we make it long? Do we make it short? Do we make it tall? Do we go below the line? There's so many choices that we make unconsciously. Right. Each one gives us a clue as to that person's personality. So the T is super talkative, and it's a really fun way to start to get to know somebody. Gotcha. Yeah, and I know I had some T's in mine as well, so... (laughs) Surely did. You had some beautiful teas. Again, you're like, tell me what a lunatic I am. And your tea in lunatic is uh, you have a nice tall tea stem, and then you have this really long tea bar crossing right at the very top. And it's like, no, not a lunatic, but you are a visionary and a dreamer with lots of energy to match. Okay. Because Yay. When you put that tea bar at the very top, it shows that you can see you're a visionary. You're going to see ahead. So it's like JFK would write a tea like that. His oh, wow. High at the top. He was a visionary. He could see stuff that most people missed because we were too focused on, you know, the day to day. Wow. Okay. I'm that is so insightful of you, though, too, because I feel like I kind of am that way. I feel like I'm getting read by a psychic and you're just looking at my handwriting. This is crazy. <laughs> Hashtag not a psychic. <laughs> I know. Hashtag not a psychic. That is so funny. And then also, like, I came across, my mother passed away three years ago, and I came across a note that she had written to me, and she had very beautiful handwriting, and, of course, she was born in 1940, so, you know, back then, everybody wrote so much more pretty back then. I think it was more of an art form back then, and everything leaned to the right just in perfect order so beautiful and as she right before she passed away she died of cancer and one of the last notes she sent to me I didn't even recognize her handwriting it was just so different I wondered if maybe someone else had written it for her but I could tell what you're saying I I knew her handwriting enough to look at it and go she wrote this but she was either in pain or wasn't there in her head all the way do you have any thoughts on that yes where to start yeah (laughs) yeah So, absolutely. And it's so wonderful, Leslie, that you have those mementos of her. Even the one that at the end doesn't actually look like her writing. Right. It's still her. There's still that trace element of her. Yeah, there really was, yeah. It does evolve and it does change. Yeah, no, it does. I know know mine has, but it was just so, um, and I could tell it was just more of a, it, it just, to me, it was all about, gosh, it was like she was in pain when she was writing it. It was like it jumped off the paper at me. I know that's so strange to say, but it just, I looked at it and was like, was she in pain or did someone else write this? But it, then I was like, no, that's mom's handwriting. I can tell just by just the way that loop, you know, whatever it was that I saw, I can't remember what it was. It was something specific, but yeah, it just threw me and I just felt that for her. And it just, it kind of made me tear up when I looked at it because it was just so sad to me. There is handwriting that, that I will see and it's just like, oh, <laughs> oh. Because it does come across when our emotional temperament is one of the clearest things that comes out. And the more upset, distraught, or in pain, mental or physical, that we are, the more it comes out in our handwriting. I believe you on that. And like I said, I'm so glad I still have some of her notes because I, and I tried to keep as many as I could anyway. I always just like a good handwritten letter. Every That's the first thing everyone opens when they get mail is, you know, I love a good Christmas card and I love it when they sign it. I don't. I get a lot of Christmas cards where they just, everything's already printed and they don't do anything but just send something. 
which is fine, but I like the handwritten things, you know, the typewritten letters are fine, but I love the handwritten, hey, have a wonderful Christmas or have a wonderful holiday and, you know, thinking of you got whatever it is and it's not just nothing, you know, I don't know. It just seems empty to me, you know. I'm kind of giggling here, Leslie, because I totally agree with you. I, I mean, we know instinctively, we know that handwriting is more personal. We know that it's infusing a little piece of that person into the paper. It really you is. Like like you're, getting, you're giving a little piece of yourself to someone. You really are. And that's why it's such a big deal. Yeah. Like when, when people go to book signings or whatever, they want that signature or whatever the author offers. They want a little piece of them with the book. And, and I get that because I understand it's, it's, it's very emotional um, when it's somebody that you really love and care for or whatever. So yeah, I, it's just, yeah, yeah. it is. It's, it's that energy. Okay. So if you like it though, do not openly declare yourself a handwriting analyst in graphology because you will be amazed at how fast <laughs> those little handwriting things, you know, letters how they tend to disappear yeah oh I know I know exactly like I said I know our school district is bringing it back for the kids the the younger kids are going to bring back hurts of handwriting and I think they should I think everybody needs a good signature my son Jason he just writes his name Jason you know and it's like okay yeah just Jason fear you know (laughs) but you know that's also very reflective of society and I love that you brought this up Leslie because you were talking about your mom's handwriting how in night she was born in 1940 and she had such pretty beautiful writing which most of that generation did right now you look at your sons and it's like so it's just like Jason like whatever here he is right it's so reflective of how society has evolved because when you think you are so right oh my gosh yes restrictions that were put in place for women they couldn't just be themselves they had to look pretty and be done up and be dutiful and follow the rules right yeah that's reflected and now by the time we've hit your son that generation they're just like this is me take me or leave me i don't care well and it's also um take me or leave me and i don't have time for this and it's an instant society it's an instant process of every single thing the world is at your fingertips you just have to turn your phone on and that's exactly how it's kind of perceived. You look, it's so funny we're talking about this because I looked at his signature. I say signature, his name, not long ago, probably a few months ago. And I was like, he didn't even try to put it in there nicely. He just scribbled his name. I guess that's a signature. But it, it's just, I he couldn't be bothered with it. It was so funny. I mean, he's a great kid. Don't get me wrong. But it's just, you're right. I think it is reflective of society now. I really do. It's it just is. such a fast world. Yeah, it is. I, I, I totally agree. I think it is very reflective of the society. It's evolved and it's growing. Yeah. And even if he had learned cursive, it still would not be something that would be elaborate or ornate unless inherently that's in him to put up a public front. If that's not there, it's just not going to happen. You're right. And you know, oh, I didn't even tell you this. We did have him analyzed because he is a lefty. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it actually is in our family. My mother's father was a left-handed man. And I think it skips a generation, or it did in our family, and now our son is a lefty. And I think there's distinctions between lefties and righties too, right? Not really. Oh, really? Right. Okay. We, we, oh, wow. Yeah, we can't actually tell a difference between a lefty and a righty in writing because there's just as many right-hand people who will have the same characteristics as a left-hand person. So there's, oh, it's impossible to predict that. Wow. And he writes tiny. I'm like, dude, <laughs> I can barely read yeah, this. You have, yeah, you have nice big, which really shows that open-minded, open-to-adventures kind of, of person. Um, when people have smaller writing, it just shows that they're much more focused. They're not looking for a big adventure. If it happens, great, but they're not looking for it. 
Right. I do think that his handwriting has changed because it was tiny. And now that he's all engaged and, you know, older now, I think it's gotten a little bit bigger. Still small, but it's a little bit bigger. So you're right. Our handwriting does change as we grow older, whether we uh, gain knowledge of this or or understand ourselves a little bit better in the other way or, or somebody brings it out in us. Like I think his um, girlfriend is very adventurous. He's pretty adventurous himself, but there are some things he doesn't care to do. And I'm shocked that he's doing it because... I think it's her. So I think it's great, actually. So, yeah. This has been so fascinating to me. Teresa Abram, my goodness. Handwriting analyst. She's got her own podcast. Tell my listeners where they can find you, how they can get in touch with you if they want a handwriting analysis. Tell us everything. <laughs> All right. Well, if they want to stay in touch with me and just follow me on Instagram, that is where I'm most active. And Instagram, my handle is at handwriting underscore P-I. I do have a website, which is headwritingti.ca, as I am in Canada. Um, and also, you can find my podcast, The Most Unusual Tea Party, on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or any other podcast platform. If you want to directly reach out and talk to me or you have a question for me, my email is handwritingti at gmail.com. And lastly, I just want to extend any of your listeners, anybody who's hearing this, if they want to send me an email and they're interested in any of the services that I offer, just let me know that they listen to this podcast and they'll get 30% off any services. Well, that would be wonderful. And I'm going to put all of your information in my show notes. Thank you very much for offering that to my listeners. 30% off, guys. If you guys are wanting to hire someone, if you have a small business or whatever it is, and you want information on somebody you want to uh, have on your team, this may be an option you can look into. This is something that I would definitely consider doing. So um, good for you, Teresa. And I'm so happy to have had you on my show. And you have been just wonderful. Thank you so much. Mm, thank you so much for this opportunity, Leslie. Your handwriting was delightful. And it was a piece for my eyes. So thank you for sharing that with me. If you like what you heard, please leave me a five star review. It'll help my podcast out and more people will be able to listen. Also, I am a novelist and write paranormal romance. All my books are available on Amazon.com, so check me out. And you can also reach me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you guys all for your support, and I'll talk to you next week.